We're, we're in our series Next Step, and uh, a lot of this morning really has to do with the next steps we're taking as a church. Uh, we've been talking in the last few weeks about taking next steps in our lives, about how, how, what's the next step. And if you think about yourself right now, all of us, I guarantee it, all of us think about our lives quite a bit. Okay, so this week you were thinking about your job, you're thinking about your family, you're thinking about what refrigerator to buy, you're thinking about this, you're thinking about that, all these kind of things. And the question that we've been asking ourselves week after week is, what is your next step going to be? The Lord wants us constantly growing, constantly moving, not staying still, just going, Lord, what do you have for me? But moving forward, moving ahead in personal holiness in our knowledge of the word, in boldness to, to preach the gospel, all these different things, God wants us moving forward. So uh, we're going to talk about that a little bit this morning. We're going to get off of uh, Matthew and we're going to go into Acts and we're going to talk about partnerships because um, we're entering into a new partnership, whether uh, we like it or not, uh, with Pastor Carlos. He's my new partner, right? And we've all seen good partnerships, right? We've seen partnerships... That, that work out really well is Batman and Robin right there. Uh, I'm Robin, by the way. You can be Batman. Uh, that's Thelma and Louise. I'm Louise. Thank you very much. Uh, and uh, at Barbie and Ken. I mean, these are great partnerships over the years. Uh, Shaq and Kobe, uh, right? And we've seen really bad partnerships. Uh, Shaq and Kobe. Uh, we've seen partnerships that have uh, never worked. Uh, that's uh, Donald and Rosie. We've seen partnerships that worked uh, well for a, a, a long time and then uh, went down the tubes. That's David Lee Roth and Eddie Van Halen for you youngins. We see partnerships with people. Arnold Schwarzenegger had a partnership with his muscles. His muscles got him a lot and uh, now not, not so much. <laughs> and uh, that, is, that is very disturbing. So we'll get off it right away, right? We all have this idea of what a partnership should look like. And, and, and really, all a partnership is, is two people with different gifts coming together for a common purpose. Okay, when I was, uh, before I was a pastor and I was in business, uh, the, the business we were in was import-export. And um, so we had a, a, our company had a very good knowledge of import-export. We warehoused and distributed products from all over the world to everywhere in the world. But there were certain things we could not do. And so we'd partner with another company, like a big refrigeration warehouse that we could move more stuff in. We had to partner together for a common goal. And that, that goal was making money. Right. So we look in a spouse and we say, well, that spouse has certain gifts, certain talents, certain things that that I I don't have. And I have certain things they don't have. It looks like a a good partnership. And it's tragic when we see these partnerships crumble and fail. When we see a marriage that started off so beautiful and they're looking into each other's eyes and going, I don't care where I live. I'm going to love you forever. And then, you know, five years down the road, it's why can't you provide more, you know, a better house for me or vice versa or whatever, you know. Uh, We see partnerships in our body. The Bible talks about the body of Christ being like our physical body and our physical body has a partnership with it. 
Uh, it, it, not everything can be a hand. You know, my hand's doing this. It holds on to my remote control while my mouth is yakking away, right? It's a partnership. We can't all be the same thing. If you look at this skeleton here, that skeleton by itself cannot do that, okay? It's just a funny picture. Uh, the skeleton would just crumble down, right? But when you put muscles on the skeleton, yoop, right? Now it can hold itself up. For those of you who are offended by that, I can't, I don't know what to tell you. But, uh, <laughs> Okay, so there's muscles on there. Those muscles without those bones can't get anything done. They're just a sack of disgusting blobby muscles, right? And you have tendons that attach. And we could go on. I could put skin on them, but then that would get more offensive. Uh, so we'll just leave it at that. You guys get the idea. The Bible talks about this idea of partnerships. You guys are going, now, what is all this partnerships? We're going to get to how this applies in our own life. And Ecclesiastes, now read this with me. Uh, you don't have to, oh, doggone, I swear, I will... Can you turn off? Yeah, switch that. Thanks. Okay, I'm going to read it right now and then we'll do it. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their work. If one falls down, his friend can help him up. But pity the man who falls and has no one to help him up. That sounds like Mr. T. I pity the fool who, has, uh, who falls and has no one to help him up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not easily broken. Oh, fantastic. Okay, so the idea is that uh, if you look right here, um, ah, up in verse 9, because they have a good return for their work. We're going to describe that a little more in detail as we go on. But that's the idea of a partnership. You can get more done with more people on the same purpose, with different varying gifts, than you can alone. And what I want to talk to us about today is not only just bringing Pastor Carlos on, but who are the partners in your life that are spurring you on, the scriptures say, to love and good deeds? Who are those people that you can go to that might have different strengths in you, different spiritual gifts in you, that are helping you along? Listen, listen to me. You cannot do it alone. You were never designed to do it alone. You don't have the power to do it alone. It's not the way the body of Christ was described. You have to have partners. And that partner might be your spouse, or some of you might be your kids. Right? Just a relationship. It might be a coworker. It might be a friend. You might have different. I have different partners for different areas of my life. I've got ministry partners, accountability partners. I've got, you know, life partners, my wife. I've got all these different partners, people that I hold in esteem that we're going for a common goal. And most of the time, that's to build the kingdom of God. To build the kingdom of God in my own personal life and to build the kingdom of God corporately. And so what we're going to do is we're going to look at Paul who's on his ministry journey, minding his own business, building up the churches, and he comes along and he finds a new partner, and the guy's name is Timothy. Okay? And it's in Acts chapter 16, starting in verse 1. He came to Derby and then to Lystra, where a disciple named Timothy lived, whose mother was a Jewess and a believer, but whose father was a Greek. The brothers at Lystra and Iconium spoke well of him. Paul wanted to take him along on the journey, so he circumcised him. Ouch, because of the Jews who lived in that area. For they all knew that his father was a Greek. (laughs) Sorry about that. We'll get to that even more later, unfortunately. As they traveled from town to town, they delivered the decisions reached by the apostles and elders in Jerusalem for the people to obey. So the churches were strengthened in the faith and grew daily in numbers. 
So the churches were strengthened in the faith and grew daily in numbers. Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. See, Paul knew something that we all know just by nature and by looking at, at uh, the scriptures. We should not be on this journey by ourselves. We need partners. Let me show you an example. I don't know if you knew this about oxen. I think I brought it up in a sermon before. But one ox can pull whatever an ox can pull. A thousand pounds, a cart filled with tomatoes. I don't know. But one ox can pull one load. The heaviest load it can pull. Okay? So you'd think that two ox could pull twice as much. If one can pull 1,000 pounds, two should be able to pull 2,000 pounds. But it's not true. And this principle is not, it's, it's called economies of scale if you're in business. It's not true. What happens is when you yoke two ox together, well-trained ox in the same uh, direction, it can actually pull four times as much as one could pull alone. Okay, we see this in business all over the place called economies of scale. A lot of times as you grow, as you mature, as you get more people around you, you can actually accomplish not just twice as what you could accomplish before, but four times as much. And Paul knows this. Okay, and that's no bull. Okay, sorry. That was was fun. Okay, sorry. I'm going to keep that in for second service. I think I will. So what, what does Paul see in Timothy? Now, when, we get, when you get into Acts, you have to understand something. Acts is a historical document. It's a narrative of what happened to the early church. There are some things in Acts that we're supposed to look and go, man, that's the way you do it. And there are other things that are just described. That, you know, so if, if you're reading an Acts and it says, and on Thursday, Paul ate a bagel, it doesn't mean you go, oh, every Thursday I eat a bagel. It says it in the Bible. It's just a narrative. And so it, but what I'm going to do is talk about this narrative of what Paul had, and I'm going to try to extract principles that are located in the scripture that we can apply to ourselves. Okay, so I just wanted to point that out. What is Paul looking for in a partner? What do we see in Timothy? The first is he's dependable. When you're looking for a ministry partner, find somebody dependable. Please. Because, think about this. Let's say you're an ox. <laughs> okay? You big ox. And you're pulling your one load. And then you get another ox, and now you're pulling four loads. You're jamming, and that ox leaves. Now you're one ox with four loads. You're in a worse state than you were before when you were just by yourself. Find somebody dependable. Now Paul somehow saw this in Timothy. And one of the things we see is it says the people of Iconian and Iconia and Lystra were, spoke well of him. Find somebody that people speak well of. It's very important who you surround yourself with. If you're always the strongest link and you're surrounded by a bunch of knuckleheads, not good partners. Now watch what happens. They go on in Acts and they do these things together. They're strengthening the churches and they build this relationship. And watch what Paul says about Timothy in Philippians. Fantastic stuff. Paul's in prison right now, okay? So he's kind of tied up. And uh, 
It says, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon that I also may be cheered when I receive news about you. Timothy was going to go find out how the church is going and help Paul out. I have no one else like him who takes genuine, genuine interest in your welfare. There's that common goal again. For everyone looks out for, their own, for his own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know that Timothy has proved himself. He was dependable. Because as a son with his father, he has served with me in the work of the gospel. Listen, the gospel ministry, when you begin to work on your life in ministry and personal holiness, whatever it is, the enemy is going to make it as hard for you as he possibly can. This is why, just if I might speak bluntly, couples who live together oftentimes prior to marriage, everything's going great. And then they get married and all of a sudden all the problems start and they go, we never should have gotten married. It's that when you're living together, the enemy's not interested in attacking. You're already outside of God's will. You're right there. You get married and now he wants to destroy it. You see that? It's the same thing in the work of the gospel. When you begin to partner with people, I guarantee you, Carlos and I are going to get on each other's nerves. And the enemy's going to try and come in and try and going to try and do all that because it's the work of the gospel. But we have to find someone dependable. When Paul was writing to Timothy, he wrote two letters to Timothy, which we've creatively called First Timothy and Second Timothy, which is just fantastic. Just all of Christianity's creative minds at work for those ones. Uh, he was actually complaining to Timothy, going, "Man, everyone's deserted me. Everyone's deserted me." As if to say, Timothy, man, you're the last person I have. Find someone dependable. Secondly, diversity. Find someone different than you. Don't we, don't we tend to surround ourselves with people that are exactly like us? That doesn't do us any good. You know, we surround ourselves with all the same political views, all the same uh, uh, um, doctrinal views, all the same uh, gifts, all the same interests, all the same, 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 same. And it's just like having a carbon copy of you. Paul found Timothy. Timothy was very timid. Paul was very outgoing. Okay? But they became, uh, through diversity, they be, were able to reach more and more people. Timothy was Greek. Paul was Jewish. Okay? Again, more people to reach. Carlos is Hispanic. He can speak Spanish. I'm not. <laughs> Just in case... You guys are looking at me like, yes, you're from the Middle East. No, I'm not. I'm just uh, I'm just hairy. I mean, what are you going to do? Right. We see this in Ephesians. It says this. And he gave some as apostles and some as prophets and some as evangelists and some as pastors and teachers. Why? Listen, for the equipping of the saints for work of service to the building up of the body of Christ. There is nothing like a, a prophet working with an evangelist or a prophet working with a teacher. But ten, teachers tend to try to hang out with teachers. Why? So they can pontificate about all this doctrinal stuff so that they can all prove how smart each other is. Right? While the evangelist is going, dude, I don't care what you know. Let's go. Let's get it done. Right? We need people in our life. We need diversity. Diversity. And I, I take it... Uh, as far as cultural diversity as well. I would love, 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 love to see this church more culturally diverse than it is now. And when that happens, I'd like to see it even more culturally diverse if that's possible. Diversity, we need it. We need it in our lives. We look at, this is where I got Timothy was timid. Uh, For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, love, and self-discipline. 
Paul was exhorting Timothy, dude, come on now. We laid our hands on you. We gave, you, you have the gift of teaching. Get out there and, and do it. Get somebody uh, diverse. So Timothy, had, uh, he, he was Greek. Okay? He was younger than Paul. Okay? So he, he, he came and he had these other, this other tool set that he could bring along for the ministry. Thirdly, he was determined. He was de- How do I know that Timothy was determined? Well, he made sacrifices for the kingdom. Okay? I want to paint a picture of who Paul is to this guy, Timothy. Okay? Stay with me. Okay? Here we go. Paul had a partner named Barnabas. And they went to a city called Antioch. And they healed somebody. And everybody in Antioch uh, worshipped Zeus and, and Greek gods. So they said, oh my goodness, these people, they're a Greek god. And they called Barnabas Zeus. And they tried to worship him. And they called Paul Hermes. Now, I would have taken Zeus over Hermes. But Paul was the speaker, so they gave him uh, the name Hermes. And they tried to worship him. And Paul and Barnabas tore their clothes and said, what are you doing? I'm just a man, just like you. So they started stoning them. (laughs) So there you go. Uh, you can either be worshipped or they can, you can get stoned by everybody. So they took Paul, after they had stoned him, they put him in a garbage heap and left him for dead. So here's Paul, bloody. I mean, you can imagine getting hit with rocks in your head by a bunch of people. I mean, we use these words like, oh yeah, they were stoning him. And you think, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, think about me hucking a rock as hard as I can right at your head. And all over your body, they're just, and a lot of times they take big boulders. I mean, he was jacked up. So they left him for dead and they brought him to this city, Derby. the next day. That's first where Timothy met Paul. His, he had his mom and his grandma there and they came to Christ. It said many came to Christ. Let me read it for you real quick. The next day, this is after Paul uh, had gotten stoned. Uh, okay, the next day, he and Barnabas left for Derby. They preached the good news in that city and won a large number of disciples. Then they returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch, strengthening the disciples and encouraging them to remain true in the faith. Now, here's what he was saying. This was his ministry. We must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. Okay, now, just get, this is all part of being determined. So that was his thing. Bloody mass all bruised, battered, going, man, we must suffer many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. He leaves and then comes back and picks up Timothy. Now that Timothy, to say yes to that is pretty determined, I would say. To actually see a guy come out, he was left for dead, he's all messed up, and he says, man, this is the way it's going to be. I'll be back to pick you up, (laughs) right? And Timothy says yes to that. That's amazing to me. Right? But he understands, hey, this journey, sometimes it has hardships. That's the kind of partner you want. Someone who's determined, who says, I know you're going through it right now, but I'm determined to see the kingdom of God in your life. I'm going to do this with you. We're doing it together. And so, so he's determined. How else do I know he was determined? He got circumcised as a man. Yeah, I see some of you, man. You guys are like, ah, right? I, so I know I'm getting a little graphic here, but no way, man. No way. Paul comes. He's all bloody. I go, hey, oh, yeah, dude, I'll go with you ever, ever you want. And he says, okay, go ahead and get circumstances. Yeah, right. I'll be, what I have to do right now, though, is uh, head over here. 
right? Now, now listen, again, I'm, I'm getting kind of graphic. We all know what circumcision is, so I don't have to put on my doctor's cap, but just mature with me a little bit here. Timothy cut away anything in his life with physical pain that got in the way of the gospel. We're going to talk about this next week. Please be here next week if you if you if you're planning on being in town, because we're going to talk about not about circumcision, but we're going to talk about this. Timothy was ready to take personal sacrifice to cut away anything that would get in the way of the gospel of Jesus. That's the kind of partner you want. Someone who's willing to go through personal sacrifice and say, you know what, for the kingdom, I'm going to do that. That's why Paul said to the Greek, I'm going to be Greek to the Jew. I'm going to be Jew. I'm going to be everything to all men. Why? So I might win some. Okay, he's a good ministry partner. Lastly, uh, oh, you know what? Sorry, let's just move on. Sorry. It, that is a verse you can read it in your bulletin. Deferential. Why did I use that word? Because it starts with D, okay? And they were all starting with D, and I couldn't find this last one. I was like, you know what? Forget it. To defer to the Spirit is what I'm saying, okay? You want someone who will defer to, who will humble themselves, okay? That's what that word means. So I just, it was a big stretch, and I love you guys. Thank you for staying with me here, right? Watch what happens. Look at Acts 16, 6 and 7. Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. So here they go. They, 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 they're trying to get to Asia. The Holy Spirit says no. When they came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to do that either. Now here you got this guy. He's circumcised as an adult. He's left the comfort of his family. He lived with his mom and his grandma. So he was probably the old mama's boy there. You know, it's okay. At least he's timid, right? He goes out. He's Greek. And the Lord's putting these barriers in their way. And the guy's just rolling with it. He defers to the spirit of God. Listen, it's very important. You know, as we talk about having an associate pastor, you know, some people ask, well, what what does that look like? I don't know. I just know the Lord has told us to do it, so we did it. And now we're going to be led by the Spirit, trying to do different things. The Lord's going to say, no, no, we're not going to do that, not going to do this, not going to do that. And then we're going to find the path that God has for us, and we're going to move forward. And the kingdom of God is going to be advanced. What happened to Paul and Timothy was awesome. They try to go to Asia, no good. Try to go to Bithynia, no good. They make it to Troas, and Paul has a vision of this guy from Macedonia saying, please come to Macedonia and help us. That was the church of Philippians. We have the book of Philippians because these two guys, Paul and Timothy, deferred to the Holy Spirit. I mean, what could be wrong with preaching the gospel in Asia, right? I just, like, I went to go share my faith, but the Lord told me not to. What? That doesn't even make any sense. But they were sensitive. It wasn't just their ministry. We're just going to go this way and do what we're going to do. And we're going to. Do. They were sensitive to the Spirit. They deferred to the Spirit. See, so it really wasn't that much. Deferential wasn't really that much of a stretch. Okay, it was actually a good, a good, uh, a good word to use. Listen to this. He says this to Timothy: What you heard from me, keep as the pattern of sound teaching, with faith and love in, G- in Christ Jesus. Guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. Guard it with the help of the Spirit who lives in us. Okay, and then go, going on, it says, "You know that everyone in the province of Asia has deserted me, including uh, Phyge- whew, no wonder." 
and homogenies. He opened up a milk store, by the way. That, okay, I'm sorry. I, I'm totally, right? The Spirit of God who lives in us. What's happening here? Paul's going, dude, remember when we were going and the Holy Spirit was guiding and directing? He's doing it now. Don't deny this gift that he's got in you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit that lives in us. Keep on that beat. Keep deferring to the Holy Spirit. I'll bet Timothy woke up some days and was just like, I do not want to run this church. I'm so tired. I, I'm getting persecuted. It's ridiculous. And Paul's writing him a letter. Do you remember when we were, we were stopped at all these ways and, the, and, and we were deferred? Let the Holy Spirit do it again. 